Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to Sword and Shield Podcast, episode number five. I'm Colonel Rick Erridge. And I'm uh, Chief Master Sergeant Chris Howard. With us today, we have... Casey Erich, 960th Cyberspace Wing, Key Spouse Mentor. Thanks for joining us today, Casey. You're welcome. So today, we're really excited to have you, and we want to talk a little bit about the Key Spouse Mentor Program and some specific things that we feel like uh, are important to getting out to some of our members in the wing. So... Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the Key Spouse program in general and maybe put some of those, some of those myths um, to rest? Because I know um, some of our unit members and their, um, and their family members maybe have a preconceived notion of, of what the Key Spouse program is and um, how they can participate in the, in the unit. So the Key Spouse program is a commander's program that um, it's, not a, it's not a social club. A lot of folks think that it's just another spouse's club and um, that is definitely not what it is. Um, we are, uh, key spouses are officially a part of the leadership team. Um, we're here to support the families of uh, the members of the 960 Cyberspace Wing. Um, through through multiple different things, we disseminate information um, and support uh, during crises. Um. Yeah, I know we had we had a situation with our um, when you're a key spouse in one of the units previously, and somebody was deployed, and the family member you know late at night had a plumbing issue, and they thought to call you first. Yeah, yep. We're we're here for any um, for anything um, to to. To assist, we've had um, previously we've had uh, a spouse with uh, that wasn't mowing the lawn because they were allergic to it, and their spouse was deployed, and they're getting nasty grams from the HOA, and um, just off the cuff mentioned it to somebody that that was happening, and wham, we had somebody there that was mowing her yard for her to take the stress away. So trying to find ways to um, help families to relieve those stressors, um, whether th their member is deployed or or here even. Yeah, I know this is a great program. I've seen it work um, quite well in a few other units. Um, I was, are there any requirements to be a uh, key spouse by chance? There are no requirements to be a key spouse, except that you have a, a, a family member that is in the military. Um, we actually have some key spouses that are civilians as well that don't have a military member. Um, they Civilian employees. This is civilian employees, yeah. Um, they, they, they have to have access to the base um, that they would... They would not be able to if they're just a civilian. They would not be able to um, to participate in the program during like work hours. They'd have to do it on their own time. But in the mo it, for the most part, it's just got to be someone that that would like to help other family members or help family members of the folks within the unit. 
how are we doing here in the wing, across wing? I know we got a bunch of GSU units. It's been a little bit difficult um, to get some units involved. And what would you um, kind of how are we doing? And and how can we how can we help them find a key spouse for their unit? I think the I think the the key part is to get out there and chat with your members, um, and then and talk to them about how their family maybe could be involved. Someone in their family that might be interested could be involved in the program. Um, and it's not like they have to be a part of the, you know, command team, like they're coming to work every day. Right. 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 It could be, it could be anybody. And, and actually, you know, we'd love to have volunteers from like those lieutenants or, or senior airmen, you know, um, to get a to get a diverse um, set of folks helping, right? So I think that that diversity is one of those uh, key pieces too. Um, I know in a previous unit, um, one of our tech sergeants' wives um, became a key spouse, um, and then I know that uh, in the past, in some units, that they've had uh, males as the key spouse as well. Um, I guess uh, the question I have is, uh, how much uh, interaction are you seeing from some of the male spouses? Right now, we don't have a lot within the 960th Cyberspace Wing. We don't have a lot of interaction from the male spouses. We do have one unit that does have a male key spouse here at JBSA Lackland. Um, he's former military and has um, stepped up to, to help uh, his spouse's unit. Um, but overall... The, the, he's the he's the token male right, right. Now. <laughs> no, a little known fact is um you know back in 0, 09 and 2010 um i was a key spouse as when i was a tr uh for a, a regaf unit it, it is kind of daunting right it does seem uh, a little bit uh, scary at first but once you start to learn about the program and uh, learn about some of the ins and outs and it, and it was still in its infancy back then i think uh, more so than it is today uh, wasn't as well structured as we see today it wasn't as much uh, training um, and i went uh, to be a key spouse both at uh, travis and at scott so i got to see the, the a transition from no formal training of hey you're here you're a key spouse to um, where scott had a much more formal program where they set you down you got a binder and uh, produced a lot of good information but um, the, the key points I remember then and um, maybe you can help me with is um, you know the importance of just being engaged and I think those stories that you were saying were, were some good examples right uh, so when an individual is deployed how do we stay engaged with that spouse um, when they first move to uh, an area how do we stay engaged with that that spouse uh, and again it's male or female right because there's a lot of transition change that goes there um, for instance my wife now is a teacher and uh, having some of those interactions is very helpful uh, when uh, other spouses might be teachers or know what that process is uh, for certification I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that ma'am yeah, the, um, it, that, that's definitely something that we want as we mature the, the wing key spouse program that we want to make sure that um, we have the key spouses in those contacts interacting with folks as they are new to the unit and coming in and asking, are you a teacher? Are you a lawyer? Are you a nurse? Do you, you know, do you have some licensure issues and, and we can help you on how the that works in, in Texas or whatever state you happen to be in. Um, I know there's a number of initiatives right now um, from many different levels about what's going on to try to help our 
families and spouses specifically transitional recently um they created a, a key spouse um ppp for if they're a civilian employee they get they get pushed up on the list further to help them um military spouses get hired for civilian federal civilian employees are there any other initiatives right now that maybe um, are in the news or people are talking about? So there is a uh, military support initiative that's taking place um, since COVID started and they offer a, they've got a, it's through the Blue Star families and they have a weekly survey to ask how your family is adapting and and coping with um, the situation with COVID in place. They're, they're talking about finances and education and healthcare. Um, and, and they do town hall meetings like once a week on a different pain point. So they'll look at, at, um, at the pain points that come out of these weekly surveys and then they'll kind of um, put some topics out that are related to that. What other, what other kind of pain points? Do you do you hear from families and and spouses specifically about what they need help with? So, as I I haven't had a lot of contact with a lot of the families within the cyberspace wing here. Um, we're kind of new and growing, and I don't I don't have a lot of contact points. Um, a couple that I have spoken with, um, it's primarily education and healthcare. Yeah, those are pretty, pretty normal standard things, especially when they move as much and trying to make those. I know we personally have had struggles with kids education and transition between, you know, all the states we've lived in the last five years. Right. We talk about school records. Um, we talk about what school districts, especially for anybody moving into the local area. I know in the, the reserves, it's not as prevalent, but it's still fairly prevalent um, based on the transitions of other military uh, communities. And then, um, you know, some easy things like well, who's a good pediatric dentist, right? And who's a good orthodontics? Who's not going to take you to the cleaners for an oil change? <laughs> I mean, it seems like simple stuff, but I'll be honest with you. I just went looking for a car um, and now I'm looking for some camping areas. And how do you interact with individuals and get that information? Um, and then with COVID currently, you know, how do I even have that that simple conversation? So I think that um, some of these uh, entities like the the... Um, the key spouse is key there because um, if we have that communication already, then it, it might be just a quick call through a network and who knows what you might find, you know. Right. And that's what I tell the folks a lot of times is that I may not have the answers, but I'm what I like to think is fairly well connected where I can I, I know who I can call at different bases and and I can find the information. So I might not have the information, but I darn well will find it for you and help you get your issues solved or your problems, you know, your questions answered. So, and that's regardless of, you know, even if you're at Scott, I, you know, I can, I've got a, a, a network of folks that I can get you an answer at Scott, you know, if it pertains to you there or if it's nationwide, you know, we've got so many different resources and so many networks of people that the Key Spouse Program has connected us with that um, that that family members might not know even exist. 
Right. So, yeah, there's so many. I kind of feel like I'm overwhelmed at sometimes with the amount of resources there. And so a key spouse is somebody that can maybe understand how to use all those resources and find information and be able to, you know, feel comfortable sharing that in a way. So how do you how do you normally communicate? How do you prefer to communicate with with your key spouses and your family members? So um, I have established a Facebook page um, and uh, when I, f- I primarily post uh, a lot of JBSA stuff on it because that's where we are, but I have set it up so that if I get information from other, um, other bases where our other units are, I can post that information there as well. So, and, and I post it. I don't just post JBSA stuff on there. There's a lot of um, nationwide things that I get that I'll post on there. For example, like scholarships, um, you know, that's something that that applies to anybody regardless of where they are. So I, I use I use Facebook a lot. Um, I have created a group on um, AF Connect. Um, we haven't had anybody showing interest in it yet. So there there's. I haven't posted anything there, but um, if folks are socially, they, they don't want to deal with the social media, that's definitely, um, there is a group sitting there waiting for, for me to put out information to in, in AF Connect. Um, I've tried to work on Instagram because I know some of the younger ones like the Instagram, but Instagram and I are not seeing eye to eye on my on my name <laughs> and it 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 tells me that the name is taken by somebody which is me but yet when i try to log in it doesn't like me <laughs> so um so i'm i'm still working on instagram trying to get a different um to, to get another uh different um and i know you do a lot of email too and, so, I, and, and I you try, get a lot of I, email i get a lot of emails i try not to send out so many emails and overload everybody's inboxes, but um, I will forward if it's something urgent that comes out. I'll forward, you know, something that's hot, short notice or whatever. Um, I will send it to the email contacts that I have. I'll forward it to to the key spouses that we have at units and ask them to forward it to the the family members that they have um, contact information for. All right. So I'm going to ask a little bit different question. Um, you know, we talk about that being a key resource for knowledge um how do we get that uh that to really mesh at the unit level right so what's that relationship look like from a key spouse at a unit level um and how does that affect uh, the airman in that unit by chance so um the way that it should work is that there's there's key spouses at the units now not all of our units have key spouses there's a handful that that are without they're getting support from from either me or uh, a local uh, a local reserve entity or active duty entity um, but what so they should be getting information they should be um, the key spouses should be working with the unit commanders um, the unit commander should be forwarding information that either comes from me or the the wing, um, and getting the information to those key spouses, and then the key spouses would um, disseminate the information to the spouses that they've been able to engage with. Now I know when I went to the wing commander course uh, back in January that they brought in a command team, and the key spouse was part of the command team, and I think that's one way to kind of look at bringing that person in, making sure they're a critical, you know, link and piece to the entire family as well. 
Right. I know when I was part of uh, when I was a first sergeant, you know, as part of that triad, it was an additional leg within the triad. So now we were, you know, instead of just three legs, now we have four legs. You know, when we talk about uh, the balance between family and uh, the workload and civilian life, you know, having that key spouse uh, input and perspective, it was uh, definitely uh, key in some decisions, especially um uh, when we look at surge capacities, when we look at um, large uh, issues, COVID's a good example. Right? So when we go to tailor this out, make this decision, um, how do you think that's going to affect this population, i.e. the spouses and the families? Um, I know when we were talking about surge capacity within uh, different uh, campaigns within the war, um, what does that look like to that family? What does that look like when we increase these deployments? How? What's that uh, that tail end? Um, because we'll get busy with doing the mission side of the house. Um, we need to make sure that we have that other piece there um, to make sure we're, we're wrapping it in. I know as a key spouse, that's where I came into play and we were doing barbecues and picnics and making sure that we were engaged at the base level um, so that uh, we were constantly bringing those families in from our unit to make sure that they were getting um, things like free oil changes, making sure the lawns are taken care of, making sure that that, that family wasn't forgotten uh, during those those periods. Um, and I think that uh, that's a very important part. Of yeah, that. so I think it's, it's just another perspective. I've been in a unit before with a commander that hasn't had kids and, you know, wanted to go 24-7 ops and we're going to exercise, we're going to do all these things and wasn't thinking about, you know, dual spouse military folks and um, is the child case center going to be open at 6 o'clock at night, overnight, so I have a place to put my kids when we exercise and we go 24 seven. And um, so just having somebody there to just to say, Hey, have you thought about, or what about this is really helpful. And the, and the key spouse is, it is a good liaison between the family members and the leadership. So like if the family members are having concerns, then they can go to the key spouse and talk to the key spouse about it. And then that, key spouse in turn should be sharing sharing those concerns with the unit leadership and it can be anonymous if you want to i right. suppose yeah you yeah. can just bring it as a concern and yep. that way they don't have to worry about um having their military member try to bring that and they feel like there's maybe going to be some you know retaliation or um you know um, put that military member in, in a bad light when really it's just you know, some information is maybe not clear. Right, data points, right? It's similar to uh, how we've leveraged um, the happy or not. If we're just taking it as data points versus specific individual concerns, um, then now we have another piece of uh, data pool, right? Well, you know, I've got ten, six or seven different spouses asking, um, why are we not trimming down uh, the office uh, staff during COVID, right? Are we not putting ourselves in danger? Or, um, you know, has uh, the base addressed uh, the CDC issues um, during the COVID? You know, I have like 15 spouses asking about this. Um, so I, I agree that that data point is definitely a, a key piece from a leadership perspective of making sure that um, you as a commander can uh, make a decision with as much information as possible um, so you can make the best decision at, at the time, right? Yeah, and I think sometimes, too, we rely on, at least I rely on Casey, to push information from the organization to the base, to other base organizations. For instance, we got some information in COVID about, hey, asking about the gyms, right? Hey, when are the gyms going to be available to family members? So she can take that to her contacts 
at whatever base and, and be able to bring a concern from the entire wing as well, not just inside the unit, but have some influence outside the unit into our environment to try to try to shape it for, you know, what we feel like is um, something that's important to us and our family members. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, anything that we can do to help uh, the community. Um, I did have one other question, too. Um, it sounds like it's very time intensive uh, at times, but uh, what would you say is the uh, the time requirement for a brand new key spouse uh, to commit to this program? Uh, so the primary time commitment is the training. Um, the, the key spouses, although they're volunteers, um, they are required to take training. Um, so the initial training is approximately six hours. Um, with COVID right now, they do have a virtual training available. So you can do it on your own time, um, at home, on your own computer. You do have to arrange that with a local, um, I shouldn't say local because not everybody has a local Airmen and Family Readiness Center, but you have to arrange it through an Airmen and Family Readiness Center. And then at the end, um, you you speak to one of their um, key spouse program managers um, to to ensure the training is complete, um, and and you so that's the initial requirement. Um, then you have to go through. I think it's um, like monthly, it, it, at least annually. You have annually you have suicide um, prevention training and um, sexual assault training that you have to do and those are like an hour or two a piece um so for training it's maybe 10 or 12 hours um initially to get in and then and then maybe another 10 hours like every year because you've got to go they they like you to go through training every couple months just to sit in on some classes and get some refreshers um as far as the time commitment once you're in and through the training it's really up to you and um, your commander and and what the commander would like you to accomplish and 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 the time that you're able to give and you know maybe you're not able to give a lot of time i always like to tell somebody if they're if they're not comfortable doing it alone find a buddy and then they can split the time you know if you've got two of you then then you can share the workload um and a lot of units, now I know there's more unit, some units that we have that deploy folks more than others, um, but, but definitely um, if you're one of those units that has a lot of deployments, I, I, it's good to have a buddy um, because you could have 30, 40, 50 people deployed, and that's a lot for one person to, to stay in touch with all those those families that in those units where where there are a lot of deployments, then then I highly encourage more more folks to maybe consider stepping up and and being a resource for for those families. And certainly, I think there's a lot of additional training that if somebody wants more, right, they can find oh, more. And we're bringing we're allowing our family members to come into a lot of our normal kind of training sessions that we're doing, especially virtually now too. Right. And, and I know the Airmen and Family Readiness Center at JBSA has offered like the last refresher training they had for key spouses. They invited any spouse to attend just to, to get in and, and share the knowledge that's, that's being shared. Yeah, it's really good. So um, this is your chance for a sales pitch. So if somebody out there is maybe on the fence or somebody that's maybe just new and listening that hasn't really 
um, heard much about the key spouse program, what would you tell them? And um, one, I guess two questions. One is why it's important. The second one is how, if they want to. So why it is important um, to me, it's important because when I first came into the military, I was brought from Minnesota to Tucson and left alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and had, uh, I, I wasn't introduced to anyone. I didn't know anyone. This program didn't exist back then. Um, and so uh, this program didn't exist actually until we were about halfway through the, where yeah. we are currently. Um, so I, I do it because I don't want someone else to feel kind of alone and, and not know anyone in a strange place like happened to me. So I do it to, to, to help hopefully um, let folks know that you might be in a strange place without your biological family, but we as a unit are a family and, and I want them to make sure that they understand that they have a family in in us. Um, and how is talk to your member or and, and ask them to get in touch with the commander or just talk to the commander directly or give me a call. How would and, they how would they contact you and what what's the best way to get a hold of you? So you can call me. Uh, my cell is 651-336-1614. You can email me at 960CWKeySpouse at gmail.com. Um, Can I message you anywhere? On, uh... You could uh, request to join the 960th Cyberspace Wing Families Facebook group um, and, and join us there and contact me through that. Through the Air Force Connect app as well. There's a opportunity to engage, I think, even through some of the, you know, the, the chief, right. you can use ask me a question. I think there's a public affairs block there, too, about ask a question or share. And through the, the what do you call that, the family page on the Air Force Connect app as well? Mm, yeah, no, you can't. That doesn't work? It, no. <laughs> and there's always a, if, if we forget all of those things and if we just don't find any of that, um, you can email or call us and we'll go. put you in contact as well. That's um, and I think that, uh, you know, key piece there is it, it can seem daunting, but um, the impact you have as a key spouse um, for the amount of work that's uh, required um, is really a minimal amount of work for a maximum amount of impact, right? Mm -hmm. If uh, you need that or want that uh, to be that part of that family and be engaged, you know, it's it's really not a lot of work. Um, and uh, when it comes down to it, when you start engaging with those families from a personal perspective, um, both as a uh, provider, as a key spouse and as a receiver, as a deployer, um, it can make a huge difference uh, in a successful deployment and in a, a successful assignment as a whole. Um, that family uh, orientation, that family uh, connection is just, um, you know, uh, it, it's what you talk about 10 and 15 years from now, not necessarily um, what happened in the office on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. And just some personal satisfaction, you know, being able to help people out, help the family out when they need it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Glad to have been here. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. And thanks for everybody listening. And, uh, and we'll see you next time.